0: Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. David and Kay Arthur are coming to Brantford, Ontario this September. We want to invite you to join us at Central Baptist Church on September 6th and 7th for a two-day conference that you won't want to miss. David and Kay will be bringing a timely message on holding fast through suffering and trials using the book of 1 Peter. Registration is open and tickets are going fast. The cost for this conference is only $79 and with a limited number of seats available, you will want to register soon. Register online on our website or by calling our office at 877-234-2030. Has your life been changed by inductive Bible study? Why not invite someone to learn the inductive method by taking part in one of our many workshops happening across Canada? Interested in hosting a workshop in your church? Contact our events team today by emailing training at preceptministries.ca and bring the transforming power of God's word to your community. In February, we launched our Thrive Building Campaign to help meet the financial needs of this new building that God has blessed us with. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us? You can find out more information about the Thrive building campaign, as well as watch a video tour of our new facility by visiting us online at www.preceptministries.ca/thrive. Coming up on July 15th to 20th, we will be having our summer study week here in Brantford, Ontario. Whether you're interested in learning the essentials of inductive Bible study or learning how to lead a Bible study class, there's a workshop for everyone. Check out all the different workshops happening that week on our website, www.preceptministries.ca, and sign up today. To stay up to date with everything happening at the ministry, visit us online on our website or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now stay tuned for episode 9 of the Covenant Podcast.
1: Hello everyone, it's Mark Sheldrake here with Derek K. Mink, Unlocking the Truth Podcast. We're working our way through Covenant, as we have been for almost five months, Derek. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, when we go bi-weekly, it takes a longer amount of time to go through. But week 9... Week 9. And uh, how many weeks are we doing on Covenant again? Well, we're doing. Uh, we're going to do a total of eleven weeks. Eleven weeks. So that means two weeks left. Two if you've more. been joining in through this uh, uh, biweekly podcast, we hope that you've been enjoying the study of covenant. It has been uh, a blessing to bring this over the internet to you each and every time. We continue to be uh, overjoyed with the uh, response that we're getting from the people who are encouraged by the podcast. Uh, Once we complete the 11th week, Mm -hmm. we're almost calling that like our season finale, right? That's right, yeah. And uh, after uh, 11 weeks of podcasting, um, we'll be back in September Mm -hmm. with a brand new study uh, to work our way through, and we're in prayer over that right now, which we will cover, but... uh, looking forward to today.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, We always seem to head back to one guy uh, every time we discuss covenant, and uh, that one guy is... Father Abraham. Father Abraham. And uh, so let's commit our time to prayer, and let's start with Abraham. Father, we do thank you for today. We thank you for the time that we have to uh, come together over this technology, Lord. We thank you for the listeners out there, who have been uh, studying along with us as we work our way through covenant. Father, we thank you that uh, your word gives us the truth and it uh, reveals to us who you are, the promises that you have made, and the promises that are soon to come. So, Father, we ask that uh, during our time together, um, you would uh, speak through Derek and I uh, on what we're going to cover in the life of Abraham, as well as the old covenant that uh, was given through Moses. So we give this time to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have to go back, obviously. uh, Last time we were together, we covered how covenant passes through the descendants. And uh, what better place to start than that is going back to Genesis chapter 12 with Abraham, uh, known at that time as Abram, And what did God do, uh, Derek, just as a reminding our listeners, in Genesis 12 with Abram?
2: Well, he he speaks. He talks to Abraham, and he calls him, and in in chapter 12, um, we see what he's called him to do, to go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. Um, So he calls him out of of his homeland and says just go until i until i show you the land that that is going to be yours um and then he promises him i'll make you a great nation i'll bless you i'll make your name great you will be a blessing i will bless those who bless lo- bless you i will curse those who curse you and all the families of the earth will be blessed so this is that that very first utterance of uh the beginnings of a covenant between god and abraham
1: and what we've got with the life of Abraham, and if you've never studied the Genesis Part Three, precept upon precept, it's about the life of Abraham, and it's fantastic. But what you'll see in that study, as well as what we covered in um, covered in Genesis 12 and 13 and on, all the way to the end of uh, Abraham's, uh, you know, fulfilled covenant, is that. Abraham's covenant and the promises with God are revealed, Mm -hmm. uh, in steps. It's not like he's given the entire, um, plan, uh, revealed all at once. This is what's going to happen for you. All you got to do is this and you'll receive this. He's given first the land and Mm -hmm. he's told to leave, you know, his family behind. We know in Genesis 13, that, he didn't leave his family behind. He brought along Lot. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, God is waiting for that moment in which everything is in place, where Lot is not there, that Abram and Lot separate themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lot goes to look at the lush land, and Abram uh, goes in the other direction. And when that separation occurs, God back on the scene again mm-hmm. says, Here, here is the next part of that covenant revelation, uh, here's what we've got for you. So um, we've seen that as long as Abram walks within the path that God has outlined and designed for him uh, in that he will begin to reveal mm-hmm. each aspect of the covenant. And so Genesis 13 and 14 is really that process of the separation of Lot from abraham's you know side and then genesis 15 is where we come back with this is now here some more of the covenant that's coming forward and so what does he reveal further uh more than land more than describing descendants as stars and you know all those things Mm -hmm. what does genesis 15 tell us about the covenant
2: well the the great thing about God's revealing of this covenant is every step. It just the picture gets clearer and clearer for for Abraham. All the promises are in that first one, but the details come, and uh, and sort of God's plan gets clearer and clearer to Abraham every time he takes those steps of uh, of obedience. And in in 15 we have again this reutterance of the the covenant, um, but we also have sort of this really interesting. Comment that that God makes and tells Abraham about what life is going to be like for these descendants, um, and so he says in in verse thirteen, he says, "Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, uh, where they will be enslaved and oppressed for four hundred years. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve, and afterward they will come out with many possessions." As for you, you shall be to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete.
1: It's it's very interesting. So he starts out at the beginning in Genesis 15, and Abraham's concern is he doesn't have an heir. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, I don't have an heir. I'm going to have to pass it off to a servant in my house. I'd really like an heir. Yeah. So that, you know... Um, the covenant would continue to pass through, say, an heir.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, God promises that there will be an heir. Um, then he, you know, cuts the animals in half and he passes through, which is, you know, the sign of the covenant yeah. that's done. And then he adds that in on the end, which you just said he's like, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. your people are going to be oppressed for 430 years, but at the end of that, you're going to come out, yeah. come out of it, and you're looking at all of this and going. Well, I know the air part. That's mm-hmm. that's good. But what's all this about the descendants being tied up in 430 years of oppression? Yeah. And uh, but that's part of that revelation of of the covenant. You'll get the air. Uh, here's the sign of the covenant, mm-hmm. and then the oppression, and then we get to Genesis chapter 17. And in Genesis chapter 17, we know that. Um, Abraham's 99 years old and God changes his name, changes Mm -hmm. from Abram to Abraham. And then he tells him in Genesis 17, that he'll be a father to multitude of, uh, of the nations that Kings would come from him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we also know that, you know, during that time that, uh, he's, you know, uh, his son is not born mm-hmm. yet, and that the the birth of Ishmael comes out of this. And um, we know that um, the significance of Ishmael's uh, birth, and he wasn't the one that was the offspring of the promise. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the sign of the covenant that's now added to this in Genesis chapter 17 is is that of circumcision, those who are of your house, Uh, must all be um, circumcised Mm -hmm. that brings us to Abraham's kind of here's more of the revelation this is your people are going to be oppressed but this is what you need to do to show that you were a part of the covenant is you have to be circumcised as well as all your people yeah and then we come to Genesis
2: um, where Isaac is born and where do we see that so in chapter 21 is when we see that Isaac is born and uh, Abraham sort of keeps up his end of the bargain when it comes to the covenant and, and circumcises uh, his son Isaac and by doing so brings him into uh, the covenant that that God made with him. And, and what we saw uh, last week was that this covenant extends to the descendants, which includes and starts with Isaac. Genesis 25, we then see...
1: How the covenant passes. It was from Isaac. And then Isaac had two sons. He had Esau and he had Jacob. And they were both born to Rebekah. And uh, described as two nations in the womb. And the older would serve the younger. We know that Esau sold his birthright for a meal Mm -hmm. to his younger brother Jacob. So the covenant then passes through Jacob. Right. And then we know that Jacob had his name changed. And what was his name changed to?
2: To Israel. Israel. He had his 12 sons.
1: Right. So when now the covenant has kind of passed through Abram onto uh, Isaac, Isaac to Jacob, Jacob becomes Israel, and then through to the 12 sons. And so the covenant is now in the hands of uh these nations. So we saw that God fulfilled his promise mm-hmm. when he said you will be uh you know, you'll be uh, nations will come from you. Well, right. we know that 12 yeah. ca- came from from him at this point, but we also know that when all of that came into uh fruition or came true, the mm-hmm. promises were revealed as they were. We knew that there would be 430 years of oppression. Yeah, and so where did that oppression come from?
2: Well, if what you see is you see how um, Jacob's son Joseph ends up in Egypt, and because of famine, all of um, Jacob's family ends up in. Egypt they're, they're taken there they go there in order to uh, to find relief from the famine and uh, and they stay there as Joseph is made a, a prince of Egypt he has uh, his authority is is unmatched and so he brings his family and, and gives them a portion of land uh, to call their own in the land of Egypt and that's sort of where that story is in that family ends and it's sort of you know the the credits roll and and it seems like oh now it's everything's great and we live happily ever after and then uh this the sequel starts in exodus and picks up that 400 years later
1: you've got this um idea in exodus chapter one the new king comes down and he doesn't know joseph he doesn't know the promises mm-hmm. and So he is very worried that Israel is much mightier than the Egyptians. And so the Egyptians begin to oppress and to cause um, difficulties for the Israelites, which Genesis chapter 15, uh, verse 13, told us that that's what would happen. Mm -hmm. They would be afflicted and they would take on all of this. And then um, we know that the Egyptians overruled and, mm-hmm. and you know, put them to work and yeah. kind of really did a lot to them to kind of build the kingdom. But yeah. you've got 430 years of this oppression. Mm-hmm. And I thought I wanted to pause out of, you know, just laying out facts and, and think about what, what it would have been like. Yeah. To be in that oppression for four hundred and thirty years. You've come out, you know, and you've got the promise of a land you've got the promise of land, you know, descendants, Mm -hmm. all of these things and things seem to be go I mean this the four hundred and thirty years is a part of God's God's plan and and a part of the covenant and everything. But put yourself in that four hundred and thirty years, you know, you're not hearing god Mm -hmm. you're not um seeing the work of god in your life and you are being developed into the egyptian culture Mm -hmm. taking on their practices and their in their um lifestyle right over those 400 well and that's
2: and that's what's bound to happen right they start there as this family of you know of of 12 brothers and and they make a good life for themselves, and they begin to, um, as, as a family of 12 would, get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and after uh, a few generations, um, they become a problem, and the, the pharaoh sees them as, as a potential threat. Um, and, and so then what he does is, is he begins to sort of put them under his boot— and uh, and what's going to happen is is exactly is exactly that is they're going to forget over time because they're not in that constant contact with God they're not in that that promised land they're not in relationship with their heavenly Father um, they're surrounded by um, a completely different not just culture but but even religion and and religious system uh, that they can't escape and and so it it's inevitable that they begin to. Uh, to allow that to seep into their own life to the point where um, after 400 and some years um, not only did the Pharaoh forget who Joseph was but the people at the end of that 400 years uh, have forgotten who God is how easy is it for us do you think in this world that we're cur-
1: currently living in where you know in sermons I joke about it fairly often um, in Revelation, Jesus says, "Behold, I'm coming soon," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "When is soon? Yeah. Like, when when John penned that, what did you mean by soon? Yeah, you know, because uh, in this day and age, I might get a text message from from my wife where it says, "I'll be home soon," right. and then she's home in five or six minutes, just leaving the office. I'll be home soon. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're um, over two thousand years mm-hmm. since the death of jesus christ and his ascension yeah and uh he's left us with
2: soon right is there any and, other, is there any worse word when you were growing up as a kid <laughs> that you heard your parents say oh well we'll be there soon you know we took our kids to the ball game last weekend and it was when are we, when are we getting hot dogs well we'll get it soon not soon enough apparently and so and and that's what we're left with exactly that that he's he's coming back soon and um, in the grand scheme of time, um, it, it is a short time. But living 430 years, uh, change, things change in in that period of time in a, in a people group. And I think too, you know, not that the Israelites were doing this. I don't want to interject into the mm-hmm. text.
1: But I always think about those Hollywood movies where the prisoner um, is in jail yeah. and they're carving the days. Right, they're counting the days on the wall. Yeah. And so, you know, was there an Israelite that lived that long right. and was like, or continued the process of right. 1, on. 2, all the way up to 430? And at the end of the 430, went, this is it, mm-hmm. this is the year that we're going to cry out to God and he will hear us. Yeah. Not in 429, no. not in 431, but in 430. So there's that angle of... That looking forward to that hope right. of the end of the four hundred. Were, we're they
2: anticipating the deliverance?
1: Right. Whereas, in the Behold, I'm coming soon, we don't have a date. Right. We don't know the date. We've had people try to attempt the date. Mm-hmm. They've looked like fools. Yeah. When they've done it, but we can get into that kind of position of melding, molding Mm -hmm. into the culture versus standing out as children of God. And that's the one thing that I really loved about studying Exodus was that it said that Moses didn't want to take on Mm -hmm. all of the uh, Egyptian. He still wanted to hold true to his Israelite um, lifestyle. So he refused things from the Pharaoh even though he was in you know, good position being Mm -hmm. raised by, um, the Pharaoh, but we have to, I think that's where we have to be, um, well aware of the culture that is around us and continually focus on the promise of the behold, I'm coming soon. Remember the covenant and don't get wrapped and shaped and formed by the culture that's around us. Mm -hmm. Because right now in 2019, it's the culture that is overtaking everything Absolutely. else. Absolutely. You know, in the last few weeks, it's been the discussions of... Um, and and you have to pause and stop and think about this. Uh, if you are, whether you're pro-choice or you're not pro, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're anti-abortion, um, mm-hmm. for example, because that's the hot topic yeah. right now. Um, the voices of the people that may for example, may never get an abortion, Mm -hmm. but they want the right for it.
2: Yeah.
1: Culture. They're, they're forming and shaping by the culture and not the biblical standard of Mm -hmm. what life is, when life is. And then, uh, the example is the Hollywood elites. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are one that believes that you should have the right to be able to take the life of somebody, because, the heartbeat bill is the one that yeah. they're referring to. Then they get on the fact that, well, why are men choosing what women can do mm-hmm. with their body? But we're missing the point of being formed and shaped by the culture that's around us yeah. instead of being formed and shaped by what the Word of God says.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that happened to the Israelites that's right. over 430 years. They formed and shaped to the Egyptian way of life. Mm-hmm. And some might say, Well how do you know that, Mark? And I'm like, Well when I study Exodus, I keep seeing the Israelites crying to Moses, let us well, go, let's back.
2: go back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and, and then and even the first time they're left alone, the first thing they do is they create an idol. To worship because they don't know they don't have a mechanism for worship other than having a physical statue to to worship to bow down to.
1: Right, and this is the thing that, after that 430 years, when when Moses does all those wonderful things and you know raises the staff mm-hmm. and and uh, turns the staff into a serpent, puts it and turns the water the Nile into blood and all these plagues that came upon the Egyptians, and then finally you know, throws it into the the Red Sea and the Red Sea parts and mm-hmm. the Israelites get away from the Egyptians and the Red Sea, in, you know, think about Easter when, you know, Charles Charlton Heston is like yeah. doing that on TV. You can see, wow, look, they all died, you know. They yeah. were all judged. Go back to Genesis 15. What did God say? Or even Genesis 12. I'll curse those That's who right. curse me. And he, you know, he's going to have vengeance for mm-hmm. his people but you've got this example here of um, God getting them away into this place, but they're, the culture has totally f- shaped them. Mm-hmm. They, they're not living godly lives. And so when they're in the desert, God's got to now put something in place mm-hmm. that's going to form them and shape them and bring them into a position where they can stand before a holy God yeah. or being in the presence of a holy God mm-hmm. because of where they've been for a number of years.
2: Yeah.
1: And that brings us to what we want to you know, spend the rest of our time, which is the Old Covenant. Mm-hmm. The Old Covenant, which we know is the commandments that God gave to Moses on Sinai. And these commandments, why were they given? What was the point of the Ten Commandments? Mm. Well, the
2: the reason is is because they had to know the difference between right and wrong. God was establishing um, a brand new civilization and a new group of people um, that were going to be holy, as in they were gonna be different, set apart, sacred. They weren't going to be like the Egyptian people. They weren't going to be like the people who are, who are currently uh, living in the promised land, that, that this was a way that they were going to be set apart. They needed to be told, this is what you are to live like, this is what is right, and this is what is wrong, because they did not have um, a good understanding of, of what godly living looked like, and so God had to lay out for them, this is how you can live as a holy people.
1: And right, and we know that
2: um, nobody was witness to
1: the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. You know, Nobody was there except God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. when creation was spoken into existence. So why did Moses write the book of Genesis? You think about that. Mm-hmm. Because when these people were coming out of the 430 years of oppression, they did not know God.
2: Yeah, they needed to be reintroduced to who God was from the very beginning.
1: Yeah, they got to go back to the very... God is your creator. Yeah, And then if you look beyond, if you study through the book of Deuteronomy, he reminds the second generation of people, Mm -hmm. this is the God who brought your people out of Egypt. Yeah. So can't do that for the people in Exodus because they're experiencing that. So Mm -hmm. go back and here you go. Yeah. You know, this is what God is and who he is and what he's done. He's the creator. He is the founder. He is the author of this world. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that's going to bring you out of, you know, yeah. oppression. He's the one who's given you the promises. And so God gives him the Ten Commandments. And when he gives him the Ten Commandments, we know the first time, as you already mentioned, yeah. and when he brings down the you know, the commandments, the Israelites are already disobedient. Yeah. Why? Because the culture has formed them and shaped them. Yeah. They're so focused on what this world has that Moses slams the tablets down and he breaks them, mm-hmm. gets them a second time, and he reads the commandments to the people. And what do the Israelites do?
2: All that you have said, we will do. They they submit themselves to the the new covenant, the Ten Commandments, and, and all of the law that is brought down um, they go ahead and make that declaration that they submit to this, that we will do everything that is written in the book of the law. So we've got
1: um, two covenants that we're really looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, major difference between the Abrahamic covenant and the old covenant is the Abrahamic covenant, and we've already talked about this a number of times, everlasting mm-hmm. covenant, yeah. unconditional covenant. Yeah. We know that the old covenant was made with the descendants of Abram, Mm -hmm. Israel. We also know that Moses and the people threw blood all over the tablets and themselves promising to hold the commandments. Mm -hmm. But this this covenant is a conditional covenant. Mm -hmm. It's not the everlasting covenant. It's based on we will keep the commandments. Mm -hmm. And so... That's one of the major differences between the Abrahamic one, everlasting, with yeah. the promise of the seed, that we know the seed is Jesus, but this one is that
2: condition uh, covenant that you must
1: obey the commandments. Yeah,
2: and with, with Abraham, right? it was, it was uh, his faith that was credited to him as righteousness. Main difference with the old covenant now is that it is following the law. That credits the righteousness um, and can never completely fully follow the law, but that was the only mechanism to achieve righteousness in the old covenant was to was to do exactly what it said.
1: Right. And that covenant, too, between Abraham was Abraham and God. Mm-hmm. And the covenant the old covenant was Moses. So Moses became the mediator or the in-between yeah. between Israel, who was keeping the commandments, and God. So he had to keep an eye. The major factor we don't want to forget that's in this Old Covenant as well is the Old Covenant gave a pattern Mm -hmm. of how we approach God in worship. And he lays out an entire uh, number of chapters on how to build the tabernacle, how to um, ordain or consecrate Mm -hmm. the high priests, When the high priest is supposed to go into the Holy of Holies, when he's supposed to go into the rest, and what he's supposed to do with the temple. There's all these laws and regulations and conditions put upon uh, the people of Israel. Hey, if you, anyone else but the high priest goes in there and Mm -hmm. burns incense and sacrifices, death. Yeah. Everything was conditional based on that. So, uh, two huge differences in the covenant. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll come to, when we look at this in the next week, we'll probably compare the New Covenant and the Old Covenant. Because, again, we've talked about this before. We've got this belief system where the Old Covenant isn't uh, needed anymore, and it's just the New Covenant that's important. Mm -hmm. But for here, we know that culture uh, formed and shaped the people. Therefore, they needed a path that would lead to... Holiness
2: with the people, and God's God's desire was to dwell with them, and that's why that's why He gave the instructions for the tabernacle. This is so that I can dwell with my people. That's God's heart is that is that He can dwell with His people, Um, and and that that is not something that has changed. Um, And so it's not here the rules follow them or else I'm going to kill you. It's this is how you, as an unholy people, can can be with me. A holy god there is only in the old covenant this is the way that we can be together that i can dwell with you and be in your presence is through this law and that's the only way that it can be done um so god's heart wasn't i want you to do what i say it wasn't about power it was about his his love for his people and his desire to to dwell among them
1: you know in our staff we've been studying through the book of hebrews and uh, i am so excited that we are on this side Mm -hmm. of the cross that we have jesus christ who is our mediator and that's what we're going to look at next uh podcast Mm -hmm. i can't wait to get to that part because in this we've got a lot of technical we've got a lot of commandments and stuff but we're getting to the good part Mm -hmm. people you need to hang with us yeah for just a couple more weeks it's coming soon it's, oh man next next podcast in two weeks we're so excited because now we get to the new covenant mm-hmm. and what are the differences between old and new and what it's like on this side of the cross in yeah. comparison to what it was like for these uh israelite people who received the covenant in the desert mm-hmm. can't wait to be with you again thank you so much derek one a closing prayer.
2: Gracious God, we come to you again, and we're so grateful for your word um, that we just continue to see the truth that that uh, that you want us to know. Uh, we're so grateful for the opportunity we have uh, to reason through the text, to look through all of these passages, especially around covenant, and and really understand um, how you work and who you are and your character. Um, and we're so thankful that uh, you've given us the the reality and the truth of what the old covenant was and what it was like. Uh, to point us to uh, to something new, to something different, and to something so much better. Um, so God, I pray that you'll be with us as we, as we go from here, uh, that uh, everyone listening uh, will be able to join us again next time. And uh, we thank you for your son and all that you have accomplished through him. We pray this all in his name. Amen.
0: For more information on Precept Ministries Canada, visit us online at www.preceptministries.ca will call us at 877-234-2030.